let's just have some fun, get this done. Then I got a big seminar thing this afternoon, a big audition. So let me just get going. Week four, beliefs. And again, my contact at nfnlp.com, drwillhorton.com, Instagram, Twitter. I'm easy to find. <clears throat> if you have any questions, just reach out. And as always, what can I learn about my inner power today? How can I apply this new information, right? Um, what's my block? What's my coping mechanisms that stops me from succeeding? What can I learn new today? How can I enjoy this material? And what can I grow? How can I grow today? And what can I do different today? And again, if we, this is kind of a review for some people. Still, what can I do different? Well, what would happen if you could learn the secrets to beliefs in yourself and others so you can influence change and develop true inner power? So as within, so without, right? Uh, you have your internal representations, which affect your state, which affects your external behavior. Your external behavior goes back and helps your state and your rep. So it's all this circle. You know, it's a, it never stops, right? And last time we talked about the levels, you know, level one is when you're doing something, right? When you're in an activity, you're not really thinking, driving your car, doing something you're not thinking about. It's great, right? But you can get stuck there where you don't really think about what you're doing. That's why you might have an accident when you're driving. You're not thinking about what's going on. You, get, you can get stuck in the hesitation thought of level two, thinking about it, so you got no motivation, you overthink it, right? And at the level three, thinking about thinking about it, you get an analysis by paralysis, as it's called. You're like, you can't, you know, uh, um, and when you have a difference between what you want to do in level one and what you're doing in level, you know, what you're doing in the other levels, uh, that's where you get what they call cognitive dissonance. You know, there's a disconnect between what you, what you're thinking about, what you're doing, or what you're doing, and what you're thinking about, things like that. And so, like, that's where people get into that. Why am I doing this? They don't understand it, but they get stuck into the cycle, right? And just little fun stuff. But a quick review, the conscious mind is the tip of the iceberg, right? Great. And, but it's the subconscious mind where all the power happens, as we know in hypnosis and NLP, but even the general population is beginning to figure out it's the power of the subconscious mind. Well, the conscious mind is the 10% of the mind, but it's it's just when you're consciously aware of what you're doing. But this is when you're in the analysis level, level two or three, where you're thinking about it, like, I think I'm hungry, I think I'm angry, I think about that, or I, I think I think about this, right? And that's where it's logical, it's rational, short-term memory, willpower, your conscious competence when you're trying something, you're learning it. This is your conscious mind, right? But unfortunately, the true power is in your subconscious mind, level one. It's habits, beliefs, long-term memory. It's why you'll default to old behaviors when you're doing something. It's just the way your mind works. It's neither good nor bad. It's just the way your mind works, right? And that's what happens in a long-term memory. If you always drive a car a certain way, that's what's going to happen. I was using the story the other day about driving my truck, and the truck has, both of our trucks now have the gear shift thing is one of those little, looks like a dial, just a little click, 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 right? Great. Well, I was used to this, right? Well, when I first got this truck, I would get in, and I'd be looking for the gear shift. Oh, there's no gear shift. I have to do this. 
Well, it didn't take very long, but once it became long-term memory, a habit, every time I go rent a car and I get in there, I have to think about it, or I'm like turning up the radio or the air conditioner heater thing, trying to put the car in gear. That's just subconscious competence. You're not thinking about it. Right? And beliefs work at all of the levels combined, but mainly the subconscious level. So what happens in those days when you're on fire, right? You can't stop. Hey, even if you make a mistake, it turns out great. Those are the great days, right? We all love those days. Well, there's a system to it. And what about the days you're stuck, right? You can't get out of your own way. Nothing seems to be working. Um, you know that, you know, and it's when you're in either one, that's what happens. Uh, you know, one of the great things the 12-step program teaches people is when you're stuck, when you're having a bad day, you can always start over. You can reset your day. So where do beliefs come from? Well, your environment, where you're raised and, you know, here in, in the United States, big country. Uh, but it depends where you live. You have different, you have different beliefs based on where you live. You know, Pam's in the New York, New Jersey area. They have slightly different belief sets than those of us like I was raised in the Midwest or those, and we have different beliefs than those ways raised out West. And heaven knows, like in my family, half the family, well, almost the entire family was from Mississippi. They have a whole different belief set than every than other parts of the country, right? So your environment sets a lot of your beliefs. And when you're born, you're developing these beliefs. Of course, your events uh, and the framing of them as they happen, right? That's why two people can go through the same event, same kind of thing, and one person will label it as trauma and develop the belief this is terrible, and the other person developed the belief, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I want to do more of it. Good example of that would be giving a public speech, giving a performance. Some people freak out forever. For them, they'll have the belief that's horrible. For some people, it's exciting, right? And that goes in also into past results will affect your beliefs, right? It's why those about in the trainer's training, we always talk about in the day on a good result. You know, the, the students are doing well. It's going great. End on a high note, right? because that'll build a belief that people can do it. Knowledge can develop beliefs, right? Knowledge can shift beliefs. What happens when you learn something opposite of what you believe? Well, either you have to disregard the facts, which we're seeing right now in the real world, or you change your beliefs about it, right? And this is where the fun happens, where if you create the future as real, which we'll do next week, there's two more sessions to this, um, and um, it's going to be fun, right? But about creating the future is real because the mind does, doesn't know the difference between a real and, and a vividly imagined event. So we're going to use that to our advantage, right? So, you know, so what are some beliefs for inner power? Well, one is you have to let go of judgment of yourself and from others. Uh, you know, what we always talk about isn't fear of failure, isn't fear of success. Why do people fail? Well, a lot of times it really boils down to fear of judgment. What will other people think of me, right? Uh, and that could be the big thing. And if you can adapt, one of the great things about the NLP and the hypnosis world is there's no failure, only feedback, because every action produces a result. It may not be the result you want, but it's a great, it could be a result. And, and you can use that, you know? Uh, 
and you keep building on it, altering and changing. And once we begin to get into this, especially you know next week where we, we begin to rethink about how we think, uh, you don't have to know something in order to use it. You know, all of us here, we're sitting on the computer, sitting on Zoom, we're having fun with this. Do you really know how a computer works underneath it? My wife does on the programming level. Uh, my brother does on the hardware side of it. I don't, but I, all I have to do is know how to use it, use the steps, use the things that they teach you, right? And too many times we get locked into thinking we have to know all about it in order to use it. Right? And sometimes when you know too much about it, it can, excuse me, it can stop you from being very effective at using it. But commitment is the key to mastery, right? But again, how many things can you master, right? I think you can master many different things over the course of the time of your life, of a day, of a week, but it, it's choose well what you truly want to master. Do you need to do, you, you know, as our dear friend Tony Robbins says, do you want to pick the fruit or study the roots? You can go study the roots or you can just pick the fruit. Someone shows you how to do it, you can do it. You don't have to understand how they grew the apple or the pear or the peach. You can eat it, right? So, and then that's one of the keys, right? The second is find joy in the process. And if you enjoy what you're doing now, it'll open up your, your brain to you can do what you wanna enjoy next, right? The trick is to enjoy, find moments of joy in what you're doing now, right? Um, this one, I don't think I've told this story. Uh, excuse me. Um, when I was going through basic training, there's a lot of that's not very much fun. But before I went in, it was lucky. There, I, I had ROTC in high school for a couple of years. And we had a command sergeant major, which I found out later, that's like a super high rank in the military for enlisted side. It's a guy that actually runs a unit, right? And he told me, you know, when you're going to be going through this, it's a pain. It's a pain in the butt, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. They're messing with you from day one. He goes, my only advice to you is find little moments that you can enjoy while you're in basic. You know, it could be one of your buddies, one of your guy in your platoon or your squad saying something stupid or doing something stupid. Whatever it is, just find moments of joy. And it'll get you through a lot more. Right, because if you'll either he didn't quite say it, but I understand either you'll notice the moments of joy or you'll only focus on the problems, right? And I think that really helped me get through that, right? And um, in fact, Nelson Mandela uh, talked about that about how did he survive twenty something years in prison, uh, and he said he would look for moments he could enjoy whether it was a conversation with someone else, whether it was a good, he meditated, he prayed, he read, he looked for things he could enjoy, right? So find joy in the process. Another big one is don't judge your start by their finish. If you're just learning how to play golf, don't judge yourself by one of your friends who's been playing golf since they were a kid or whatever it happens to be. But unfortunately, we do that, right? Uh, I remember a student, in a hypnosis class I was teaching. And they became a hypnotist and and I, I taught them a lot and they were they were seeing clients, they were doing fine. And then one day, uh, I think we were at a 
something was going on and I did a demo and he comes up, he goes, well, I think I ought to just quit. And I go, why would you want to quit? You know, you've been doing this for a few months. You're getting good at it. And he goes, well, I could, uh, I couldn't do what you just did. And I said, dude, you know, I've been doing it. This was like 10 or 15 years ago. I've been doing this for 20, 25 years. You know, you can't duplicate the years I've been doing this. Right. So, but he was judging his start. He was starting his career by where I was or what I could do now after 25 or 30 years. But we do that. Right. And, you know, I read a, a child psychologist talk about uh, the greatest thing you can teach your kids is that little thing of realize that someone's good at something. Uh, and that they took time to learn it. Right. And they can make it look easy. You know, when you watch a elite athlete, a performer of any kind, anything, they can make it look easy. Right. So let them know that they're, they started somehow, right? So can you change a belief, right? Yeah. So what beliefs have you changed? We've all changed beliefs in the past. What was the process? Maybe you learned something new. Maybe evidence came to light that gave you a different viewpoint. Uh, most of us here in the, the Western world, uh, when we were little kids, we believed in Santa Claus. Uh, and then about depending on the age, six to nine, suddenly you just stop believing in Santa Claus. Cute idea. But what was really powerful about that, you didn't beat yourself up for believing in Santa Claus. Right? It's just you used to believe something and now you don't. Right? And this, uh, my Dr. Will method is, think about things that used to be true and now is not. Right? Simple things. Right? And if you start with factual things, like I used to live in Portage, Indiana, right? I, I used to live there. I can picture the house. I can say, it's a fact. I know it. I don't live there now, right? So when I think about where do you live, I think about where I'm at right now. I live in Venice, Florida, and the house I'm in. I used to live in Inglewood, Florida, and I live here. So my brain can sort these things, and that's just what used to be true and now is not, right? Well, guess what? That's a structure in your brain about where the old truth is. So if I want a new truth, if I'm thinking about making a change, I can think, you know, that idea that I'm trying to change, like I can't be successful. I can't get to my ideal body weight. I can't get my six pack abs back. You know, uh, that idea needs to be back there with like Portage, you know, Portage, Indiana or Inglewood, Florida, not where I'm at now. So what's my new truth, right? And and once you begin to make these, your brain begins to chart different courses in your mind, right? And some of the standbys always are like believing in Santa Claus when, excuse me, I shouldn't wear a blue shirt with a blue background. Uh, uh, Santa Claus, like I said, Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, walking, you know, at one point you couldn't walk, now you can walk, of course, that's pre-conscious, but especially if you've ever, I'm, I'm learning to walk without a limp again because of of the uh, my injury, uh, so I used to. I can do it again, right? Uh, maybe driving a car, you know, learned on a stick. Now you drive an automatic or you're an automatic and a stick. You know, you can. There's a trick I should teach one day about mental flexibility. Uh, so it's very easy for people that can drive 
a stick shift or an automatic. Uh, I actually saw this done by someone that um, they went back and forth between England and America and they drive in each place. And of course in England, you drive on, as we would say, the wrong side of the road, right? And they could go there and drive fine, then come here. And it's there's a mental flexibility, right? Those of us that drive, um, most of the car had a stick shift. I think it was my Honda. And yeah, I could get in that car and drive, doo -doo -doo, and then switch over to the truck, and it was automatic. It was easy. And so it lets me know there's some mental flexibility. That's a, you know, that what if I want to be mentally flexible about different things, right? It's not just this it could be this and this and this so your brain knows how to do it and it's always as within so without your internal rep affects your state your state affects your internal rep both of them affect your external behavior your external behavior feedback to your states all of these things are always interacting right and it all and i think what we're going to talk about today a little bit is your physiology because all states have a physiology right? Depression, anxiety, fear, anger, passion, right? One of the great things I, I used, I know my friend Scott McFall says too, he tries to get all of his trainers to take an improv class and an acting class, right? Because then they talk about, you know, stepping into the character, but part of it's your physiology. You know, if you're playing a, uh, a military officer in charge, you're going to carry yourself different than someone that's afraid, right? Yes. And so you, you hear characters talk about getting into the right physiology, you know, the physical aspect, how they walk, how they talk, how they do this, right? And it creates a feedback loop, right? That one's kind of artificial, but we do it all the time. You know, when you're having a bad day, generally your shoulders start to drop, your head goes down and you, right? Which makes you think more about how bad you feel because you're looking down, you're doing all the things we talk about of depression or, or that, as opposed to when you're excited, Shoulders go back, head goes up, and it's all the physiology. Uh, it was a few years ago at a uh, Super Bowl uh, where the one team got down by 25 points, which was unheard of in a Super Bowl, right? And when you looked on the sidelines of the team that was ahead, of course, they're jumping around, their shoulders are back, they're like, ooh, ooh. Well, the team that was down, what was interesting, in fact, some guy had a little slideshow of this, when you looked at their sideline, it looked just like the winning sideline, right? Their shoulders were back, their heads were up, they, they, were, they were calm, they were focused, right? And then what began to happen, as soon as the one team that was down by, I think, I think yes, it was 25 points, once they scored, right, then suddenly there was a shift where, you know, they still looked like a confident football team, and the other one started to shift like, oh my God, it's going to happen, right? And that creates a feedback loop, right? And so you want to begin to duplicate those days where you're up, you're motivated, you're hitting on all cylinders. What can you do? Duplicate those, lock those into your physiology, right? Um, one thing you can take uh, from the performing arts world, especially from actors, is uh, actors talk about putting things into their data bank when they're having a, a really, um, emotional experience, part of them will track it so they can use it later. It sounds kind of cold, but they disassociate for a moment like, oh, you know, this is going on. So so that, so you can create this data bank, right? And 
how your physiology is linked in in a different way too. There was that study done and it was the blind athlete study and they took, excuse me, athletes that were blind since birth, right? Blind since birth. So they had no visual memory. And when they would win an event, especially a race, they would raise, raise their hands, right? Just like you see people cross the finish line and they'll raise their hand. So the reason that comes up, since they were blind from birth, they never saw this behavior. They didn't see someone win a race and run and raise their arm in the air or something like that. It seems to be a universal, okay? And so if you need to get up, if nothing else, throw your shoulders back, head up, raise your arms. I'm trying not to blank out. You walk around like this for a minute before you go in and then you're ready and it puts you into the right frame of mind, the right, the physiology affects the neurology. Um, there was a scene from a, a, a movie, it was a highly emotional scene. And um, I'm trying to think, cause I know it's out there, but it was a really good actor. But what was, the camera was rolling while they were getting ready for the, for the scene. So you watch them do whatever they, I mean, they were jumping around, they were doing things because it was a highly emotional scene. And then once they got there and then the director yelled action, they were there, right? But it was only like 15 or 20 seconds, but they were getting like pumped and motivated and doing this. I forgot how uh, powerful that is, but we see it all the time, you know? And actually it's a great technique that we can even teach other people that comes from the film acting world. Because like in a stage play, a lot of times, you, you, if you're an actor, you get to build up to the emotional high, right? So you got the, whatever the scene is, it builds, it builds, and it's all happening in real time. It's a play, there's no do-overs, right? So you can get to that emotional moment as opposed to a film. Okay, today we may be doing the fight scene between a, a father and a son, right? Ready, action. Well, you start with screaming and anger, right? Some actors can do it naturally, most can't. So you see actors get into that moment. They'll, they'll do whatever they do, right? And we, they wouldn't call it getting into the right physiology. They're getting into the right emotional state to do it. So why don't we do that? Why don't we do like this to lock it in, right? So if you got to, you know, uh, give a good speech, get yourself in a highly charged emotional state. So once you step up, you're ready to go. And again, some of these are universal experiences. And again, what you see happen, and I can tell you this from acting or professional speaking or some of the things I've been around, is people just getting started, you know, will judge themselves by a person that's maybe, you know, this is, they've been doing this for 20 years. And so they're like very calm. Oh, you're on. Okay, go. And they can go up and do their thing. And they're thinking like, why can't I do this? But they can't. They don't have the 20-year experience in the back of their head. And that's what a lot of these little shortcuts, these hacks are. That's why I call some of these uh, like a hack, right? So it gets you ready to do it. And so what we could do is, I like this little exercise called power animal. And if you think about an animal to you that has, we'll use courage or, or yeah, for us being ferocious, being courageous, yeah, right? So if you imagine that, what animal pops to your mind? It might be a lion, a tiger, a bear, snake I still i always tell the story maybe you've heard it where i was doing this exercise with someone and they went a chihuahua and i'm and everybody a couple people in the class laughed 
And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You ever see a little chihuahua? You know, they're eight or 10 pounds. They will literally attack like one of my Dobermans. No fear, right? And not knowing that, like, maybe the owners will protect them. They will just attack, right? So whatever it is, think of an animal that to you represents, for right now, we use like courage or taking action, no, no fear, right? So you got that animal. Now, if you put that animal on one hand like this, and see it. Now notice all the things about that animal, right? Notice all the things about that animal, right? And know that that ferociousness, that courage, that tenacity, that drive is natural. That little chihuahua didn't have to go to a Tony Robbins seminar and do a firewalk, right? That little, that snake did not have to learn how to be, you know, focused on not moving for an hour to catch that rat. No, it's inbred. It's a natural talent, ability, or skill. Great. Now, if on the other hand, you take your other hand and look at it and imagine yourself here, right? And now you have certain talents, abilities, and skills that you just do, right? You know how to walk, talk, breathe, move, all that. But guess what? The difference between the two animals, you as a higher being, higher being, if you will, you learn how to do a lot of activities, walk, talk. Those are not easy, but what about drive a car? What about use a computer? What about write a beautiful, whatever it is that you do? You know how to do this. You learn some things. So what if this you over here can learn and absorb those things from this animal, right? So the you that you are right now can absorb being this ferocious, courageous, focused animal, right? So if you do that and you just kind of imagine that, right? Know that. And if you kind of just close your eyes, take a deep breath, and at the count of three, you're going to clap your hands together. And that all that ability and talent and skill of that animal will absorb into you. And then you'll bring it into your chest. Just like that. Good. Now bring it back out. So you got your animal. Notice it. It's God-given. This animal can do that. It's ferocious. It's courageous. It's focused. It can do what it needs to do. Then you have yourself, you have talents, abilities, skills, and you can learn to absorb everything that that animal has. At the count of three, you'll slap them together. One, two, three, and then bring it into your chest and breathe it in. Good. One more time. See the animal, you know, ferocious, courageous, strong, whatever it is you want, right? This is just God given. And then you have yourself, the talents, abilities, skills that you learn through life that you can always learn new things and one, two, three, and bring it in. Good, great, open your eyes. Now you can duplicate this for many different things, right? And so as we begin to wrap it up, when you're in a power state, a really great state, maybe it's natural, maybe you didn't do anything, but today like you're kicking ass with clients or you did a great presentation or, or whatever it is, when you're in a great state, lock it in. Notice the physical. Give yourself an anchor that you can keep building on, right? So this is what I want you to practice this week. When you're in a good state, and now, you know, lock it in, right? And build on it. Notice the color, the shape, the sound, the feeling. Where do you feel it in your body when you're, when you're totally on, right? And you can anchor that in. And then we can begin to work on changing belief sets in yourself and others. So uh, that's it for this week. It was kind of a review. I'll tell you why later. And um, let me stop the recording. And then next week, we're going to work on some really cool stuff. It's uh, the next two weeks are magical.